Welcome back to Talking in Stations. This is uh, Nick Bison, your host slash engineer, mostly engineer. And we, once again, we've got CSM Ken, Kenneth Feld. And today we're going to talk more industry, specifically kind of go down how and where to build and how to check your stuff. Good morning, Kenneth. Morning, Nick. How's it going? It's doing all right. You know, some of the loosening up on the industry is actually I'm tooling back up my T2 side. So I'm kind of kind of pleased about that. Outstanding. Outstanding. I'm just trying to get a few things ready here. You can probably see them on screen. Kind of people can see the difference here. Okay. So when we talked last time, we were kind of talking about where industry was and the changes the, the massive changes that it's gone through the past couple of years. And the number one question I get all the time, I want to do industry, how do I make money? Like there's a magic formula for just being able to somehow, sorry, I had to turn the sound off on the game. Somehow you could just buy a blueprint and stick it somewhere and it just starts printing you ISK. And that is not at all the way that it works. So a couple of, couple of things I wanted to go over. Tech One, all the Tech One products, except for capitals and faction ships, but just your generic Tech One stuff is pretty easy. You buy a blueprint, research the blueprint, and then you start building off of it, and you add up how much the inputs cost, plus whatever taxes, and if that is less than what you can sell them for, then you make a profit. It's pretty much that simple. So I, I, if anyone has any questions about that, we can certainly talk about it. I don't have Twitch up, by the way, so you'll have to field the questions. I've got, right. I got, I got it up. I'm watching. <laughs> okay. But, uh, but for a lot of people who want to kind of get to the next level, that's why I'm, I'm kind of going to start on Tech 2 uh, because Tech 1 is just straightforward. Inputs, output, each one's worth some amount of ISK. And if you can sell it for more than it takes you to build it, you make ISK. It's, it's that simple. Tech 2 is where it really starts to get kind of weird. And I had a Redeemer up because I just built a whole bunch of them. So I figured that's where we'd start. We talked about the four, what I would call kind of the four main industry tools in the game right now, or out of the game, but for the game, is uh, Ravworks, Fuzzworks, Lazy Blacksmith, and Eve Cookbook. I know there's ISP per hour out there. It's a separate program. It's not web-based. I have never had good luck using it. There's a lot of people who use it straight up, nonstop, no problems. I'm just not one of them, and I'm not competent enough to talk about it. So I don't want to leave them out, but that's definitely an option for some people. If you get benefit out of it, then by all means use it. So I don't know. Do you have the screen up? I really need to bring up Twitch because I need to be able to see what's Yeah, no problem. I've got your your screen up right now with your blueprint and okay. section. So I'll start this off on the first page. Realistically, you start, you click on Blueprint, and we well, type in. Well, tell, tell folks which, which I'm sorry, you I'm, Yeah, I'm on Lazy Blacksmith right now. 
So I am also logged in as Kenneth Feld, as you can see in the upper right. When you first get there, there'll be a login and it's through the standard SSO. Is that the right word, Nick? Yeah, yeah, standard. Yeah. yeah. So your SSO login for the game and you can log into there and you can preset your settings, which we'll see on the next page. So here, when it first comes up with Redeemer, you have research and that would only come into play if you had a Tech2 BPO, which I don't think there's any for Black Ops because Black Ops were put in after the lotteries ended. Is that right? Do you know? Yeah. Okay. So, and then there's manufacturing. So we'll click on manufacture and this part comes up. So in your settings, a Saudio Tech1 rigs and LXQ. I just put LXQ down because everyone knows that that's where Horde or PL live sometimes when they're just sitting there. So it has one run, one run per job. Now, this is another thing that people don't understand. I talk about all the time and everybody's like, what do you mean by run ME? And we'll get into that in a minute. So if you use no, de no decryptor, you'll have an ME level of two. All the TE and all these skills down here, all they do is adjust time. The time is fixed. There's nothing you can do about it. So I typically don't mess with those sliders just because it's a lot of clicking and it doesn't do anything but affect the time. And I really don't manufacture for time. I manufacture for me and efficiency. So we'll start right there at ME2, one job. You can go to the components and it will list all the components and you can see that they're ME10 TE20. That's also something that you can change in your in your setups, okay? Then for the material summary, you go here and it lists everything that you need to build those redeemers. These now does this, hey, Kenneth, does this app take into account where you're building and you know if it's rigged or not or anything in that nature? Correct. The very first page, you see it says facility and Saudio. You can change that to a, a Rotaru or a station. And then it, it doesn't have the rigs for station, obviously. I had it rigged for a Saudio. And you can kind of see that the TE1 is darker gray than the other two. You can see when you mouse over, you get that darker gray. But that means that there's Tech1 rigs and it's in null sec in a wormhole. And that that is the strength of the rigs. Got so it. Back to, yeah. So back to the material summary, it gives you the highest level materials that go into that. The other thing is most people don't realize the capital jump drives, that's the same capital jump drives that go in capitals. They are needed to build black ops. So then this is all of the high level materials. If you click the raw components screen, it will break down those components into minerals. PI and all of your composite moon goo and your is it biochemical, whatever the, the, the gases from wormholes that you use typically to make tech three ships, but are now required for tech two. And then these are all the new pieces that were added in by the industry from two years ago, the reinforced carbon fibers, preservation seals, 
core temperature regulators and life support backups. So that's what's required for all of those. Now, when you and, mention, you know, higher level materials or components, in this particular case, it's the, the T2 components that you're building to go into the Redeemer. Is that a correct statement? Correct. Absolutely. And that is racially, there's a set by race too, correct? Correct. There's, there's four sets. There's actually eight sets. There's four sets for subcap tech two, one for each race. And then there's four sets for capital tech two, but the capital tech two is only used for jump freighters. Okay. So this just gives you a breakdown of components you know, you would need this much tungsten carbide, this many ceramic fibers, this kind of stuff in order to build it. And all of this right here, you can copy to clipboard. So if you wanted to go buy this stuff, you hit copy to clipboard. And I'm going to switch you screens real quick. And we're going to start sharing the Jita screen. Can you see the Jita screen? Let me know when it's up. I don't see it yet. Uh, hmm. I already swapped it. Let's see. Change windows. Live. Not coming up. Negative. Well, were you okay. looking at the... Uh, Eve, were you looking at an Eve Prazel kind of thing? No, it, it's straight up Jita. I'm going to... I'll stop streaming this and then go here and see if that'll pick that up. There we go. Okay, so you can go to Jita and bring up the market, okay? It just comes up as the normal market. And then when you go to right here and click on multi-buy, multi-buy comes up, and then there's this little symbol right here. Add items listed in clipboard to order. You click right there, and it's gonna list every item that we just had on our Lazy Blacksmith, and it will tell you how much to buy all of those items. And this is kind of important because I, I, I kind of want people to understand when they say, you know, what's profitable or what should I build? It, it's different for a lot of people. So also what's the, can, can you kind of tell the folks the far right column on that, on the pricing where it has the plus and minuses in red and green? Right. So, what this does is it just goes to Jita and buys the stuff at sell value. And anything that is green, it means the sell value is slightly less than the average. And the red means it's slightly higher. So it could be several reasons for that. Like this phenolic composites up 21%. So making that on a buy order would probably save you a serious amount of ISK. But if you just, you had to have it, you had to have it right now, this is what it's going to cost. That's um, that, yeah, that's the extra you're going to pay to convenience fee, if you will, to get it all right now. Correct. Correct. And that is 964 million ISK. That's how much it would cost you to buy that stuff right now. Okay. So the main, the main thing from this is we took it from one program, plugged it into JITA, and we got 964 million ISK, okay? So now I want to go back to that other screen. Let's see if I can change windows easily again. Okay, this time it worked. 
Okay. So we changed windows. And if you look at this next tab over, what does it say? Prices. So we're going to click on prices. And then we scroll down to the bottom. And it says 902 million. And that, that's the, that would be if the average on every one of those items was a flat 0% up or down. Correct. That means that they could buy every single one of these items at the current sell price. But that isn't always true. If you need 5000 or something, the first 2000 could be at sell price. The next 3000 could be at some price higher than that and will drive up the overall cost. But the websites aren't able to have that granularity out of game easily, whereas in-game you can get it. The whole reason I bring that up is because people rely on these numbers and say, hey, I need you to build me this. I need it built tomorrow. And this is the price. It's, well, not exactly. That's the price if I could buy everything at sell value. That's not the price if I have to pay more. And, the, and so this is what I usually show them to offset that difference. It's all the same stuff. To give you an idea, see that 902 million that's right there? That's if you bought all the pieces parts, right? We're going to go back up here and we're going to turn this raw components back off. So now you're buying the finished goods. Here's a phenomenon that's going on right now. You notice that all the finished goods are within a million isk of buying all the parts and building them all yourself. Okay, that typically doesn't happen. Typically, the parts would be more. And I think you're going to find in this case, some of the parts are more, some of the parts are less. And you can either take the time to figure all that out or just buy the parts and go on with life. And once again, someone could just copy this info to the clipboard, take it back over to GETA, plug it in, and see what best deal they get. Correct. Now, you couldn't do it. You would have to go back to material summary and do it from here. But yes, it, it works the same. You can copy the clipboard right here. You see it says multi-buy, copy the clipboard. Or if you turn the raw components on and you copy the clipboard, it copies the bigger list. It copies whichever list is, is up. So we're going to stick on prices for a little bit, because if you look right now, the, the sell value of Redeemer is about 1.2. So it's about 300 million profit. That's pretty good profit. You know, that's essentially 33%, right? So now we're going to do the same exact process, except for we're going to do it on a different website and kind of look at how it breaks it down. Now, while you're pulling that up, question. When you're saying, okay, you got like a roughly a 300 million ISK profit. Now that is under the assumption, okay, I bought this all in JITA. Now we got to move it to LXQ, which means somebody's going to jump freighter that bad boy. So right. you got liquid ozone cost or not liquid ozone, but the the racial isotope for the jump freighter. And that, those, so that, that cuts in a little bit. But I just want folks to know, transportation's part of the game. Right. Well, and something else we'll kind of talk about. Well, I can go ahead and talk about it now to, to add into this. You noticed over here, it only has just the price of the item, and it has installation cost, and it gives you unit cost. But nowhere in here does it tell you 
how much it costs to invent something. So if you were going to right click here and open another tab, and we're going to plug in an Armageddon, which is the tech one of the Redeemer. You notice there's another little icon here for invention. So we'll click on invention and LXQ. Now we're inventing in a Retaro with tech two rigs in NullSec. And if we want to use a decryptor or not, we, we don't have to fill this in right now because it lists every decryptor. It lists the chance and how many runs you're going to end up with and what your M-E-N-T-E is going to be. It also lists the invention cost. This is how much it costs per invention to run that invention. This is an invention cost divided by manufacturing run. So in this case right here, with a processed decryptor, you get one run of the ship. It costs you $22 million to run that process, and it costs $22 million added to the price of the ship because you get one run for that invention cost. Whereas well, that, you, and one of the things you mentioned there is that it's a chance at invention. It's not a guarantee. Correct. So if you use a parity encryptor, you have a 33% chance. So it costs you roughly $20 million per run, and you get four runs. So that adds $5 million to the price of each hull. However, with a 33% chance, that also means for every one that goes, you have two that fail. So not only does it add the $5 million for the one that, that succeeded, you have to add $5 million for each of the two that failed. So that's going to add $15 million to the price of that hull for invention. In this case here, the one that's 22, that's a 24%. So for every one that succeeded, three failed. So you would actually have to add 66 million more in addition to this 22 to the price of the hull to make up for the three failures. So, and then it just gives you a quick down and dirty of the production price per run based on this ME and the manufacturing invention cost that goes into it. And if you look, most of these are all pretty much the same. You know, 1 1.095, 1.1, 1.083, 1.087, 1.086, 1.085. So it really comes down to the percentage and the runs. So op optimized attainment and optimized augmentation, they were just the ones that were added in recently that kind of look like the attainment and augmented of the old, but they have slightly better stats. So if you look at this, it's 40, 41%. So that means for every one success, you only have one and a half failures. So that works out quite nice, and it gives you the same ME as parity. So it's just everyone kind of has to do it themselves and figure out what works best for them and what you can get. I work with a lot of wormhole guys and a lot of guys who do the exploration where this stuff drops, and a lot of times I just get the decryptors I can get, but everyone kind of has their favorite, and that's 
that's how invention affects things, but it's also not calculated into any of the pricing that we're going to talk about. This would be over and above that pricing simply because there's so many options. There's no real way to factor that into the building price. Okay, so here's where we were at 901 million for a redeemer. So we're going to go to Eve Cookbook now. We put the redeemer in and it has calculated everything, even it's roughly the same as the way this was calculated when you put the raw components on. If you look, these components and this list of components are very, very similar. And this one is calculating 896 million total for the build. And the other one was counting 901 million. All right, so yeah, they're off. very they're very close on on what they yeah. what they're saying. That's not enough to even worry about, right? When you're when you're talking about this type of thing, especially it's telling you that you're building one. Yeah, you know, some people may build one, but if you're looking this to build, you're probably going to build either a run of six or eight, depending on what BPC you get, what decryptor you use, that kind of stuff. And this is where it kind of where it really starts to shine. So this will give you the same exact thing. Now, if you wanted to start with absolute raw materials, talking the raw moon goo, do all your reactions yourself and everything, that's where this particular website shines because you can tick this little box right here on and it brings up your reactions. And you hit calculate recipe again, and now it is going to start with the absolute bare tungsten, platinum, cadmium, cesium, the whole bit. And if you do that yourself, you look now, the build price is $800 million. So in doing those reactions, you've added in $100 million to your profit. Now, that profit is attributed to those reactions. Could you do those reactions and just make that profit anyway? Absolutely. But this is what, when people talk about vertical integration, this is what they're talking about. You start with the most rawest of the inputs. You do all the steps yourself till you get all the way to the end. And now you've just added a hundred million to your profit. And this is where you've come in and started doing some of those reactions yourself, right? and selling them and taking some of that 100 million, 100 million profit for yourself and selling to people who buy the stuff in Jita, right? Absolutely. <laughs> yep. I mean, and that's that's 10% of that pie, right? That's, that's, a, that's a chunk of the profit or the chunk of the money in that pie. And anything the small to medium-sized groups can do to capitalize on that is... That's what this whole process was about, to make it to where it is almost impossible for one person to build from the ground all the way to the finished ship and to give the small and medium groups a chance to get in and build all the intermediate stuff, make a little money for themselves along the way, and the people building the halls still make money at the end. You know, one of the things you brought up is, you know, for us smaller 
builders and, and as I refer to it, a material acquisition specialist, a dirty miner. You know, I and one of the guys in chat, you know, mentions a lot of people hate hauling or to pay for hauling and transportation, which is very true. I've made a fair little profit selling Indo Dixie, and I've noticed a lot of folks have started to do that instead of transporting all the way up to Jita. It's just too many jumps for a lot of folks and don't want the hassle. You've still got your local markets. Now, you may make a little better profit there or not, but, you know, take a look at your locals too. And the risk of transporting it to Jija, that stuff isn't cheap. And there's guys out there with flashy reds and, and ships with guns, and they will shoot you in a heartbeat. And yeah, and then talk to you afterwards and thank you for all the stuff you dropped. And, uh, you know, it's happened to everybody at one point or another. So, you know, moving it from point A to point B, you know, think about that. That may not be a, a, an isk sign of plus or minus, but you know, if you lose a whole load, it can hurt. Now, now that we have everything broken down to the most raw component. Where did we start out? We started out with just the basic components that built the Tech 2 components. And they were 905 million on one website, 896 million on 901, 896, 5 million apart, right? But when we went to JITA, what were they? 946 million, right? Yep. Right? Yep. So, so now we're going to do the same thing. We're going to take this list right here that's 797 million in raw materials, right? Because job cost doesn't, you don't have to pay for that in JITA. So we're going to take this list that's 797 million and go to JITA and see what the difference is there. So you go up here to multi buy, it's copied to the clipboard. So now let's see if we can swap screens again. Is it going to for the for the folks that missed that on the upper right of the of the screen up there? There's a green multi buy button, and that's what copies it to your clipboard. Right up, right up there. Okay, so uh, yeah, I'm going to have to stop and restart again. It it won't let me swap to that screen. Yeah, no worries. Okay, so we're back here now. The same the same multi buy is up, so I'm just going to hit cancel. We're going to go back to multi-buy, back to copy from clipboard, and just let it populate and watch the number tally up. While that's populating, it comes a question I got that wasn't in the chat, but it came through on a DM, is, you know, hypothetically, I've got about a third of those items already in my hangar. Although, is that editable before you export it? In some programs, yes. Some programs, no. In the program that I just had up, Eve Cookbook, it absolutely is. And it's one of my favorite features of Eve Cookbook. When we get done with this and we go back, then, then we'll go over it. Okay, so it looks like it's finished and the grand total is $843 million. So again, it's about 40 or $50 million tax to get your stuff right now, that convenience tax you talked about, right? Now, if you wanted to use buy orders and take your time, 
you could easily get down to that 800 million figure. If you got to have it now, 843 million is your price tag. Does that make sense? Oh yeah, absolutely it does. Okay, so now we're going to go back to that screen. Let's see if I can go back. Will it let me? Hey, it goes that way, no problem. Okay, so it the just person... It just doesn't like going to the live game. Right. So the person that you are asking about, what you can do is up here in your config, when you click on config, it has this area right here, stocks calculation. That's normally off. If you turn it on and you copy from game and paste it in here and click OK, you get this, oh, well, it's got to recalculate. You get this list here called current stock. So you notice it says Morphite 828, and then it says I have 290-some thousand or whatever, and so it's green. That means that's accounted for, and I don't need to buy it, okay? So down here for the Fullerites, uh, I don't have any stock of those, so I would have to buy those, or I would have to buy the, the next item up from that type thing. So basically, so it, at that point, you're just buying the items in red. Correct. Or in yellow or orange. Yeah, this isn't going to list any of that. Yeah. Oh, there's an orange one. So an orange one, I have 52% of what's needed. I need 5,800 nano electrical microprocessors, and I only have 3,000 in stock. So I would have to build or buy another. Does it give you the number? Probably doesn't give you the number. Another whatever to make up that difference. So red is out of stock and orange is partial stock. Okay. Got it. Got it. That that's that's downright convenient right there. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm gonna turn that feature. Oops. Ooh. Oh, that was dark mode. Okay, sorry. I'm gonna turn that feature off real quick so people can see what it looks like if you don't have that turned on. So that's what it looks like if you don't have it turned on. Just that, that stock column is gone, and it just lists everything just like normal. Okay? Let's see. Is there anything else in here? Oh, the run bonus. So let's say we use that optimized, optimized attainment decryptor, and we have a three-run blueprint. Okay? So the way that you would do that, and we're going to do that on both of these, that way we see how the numbers skew. So for here, for the blueprint, you would have to change this to three runs and a three run per job, okay? What that means is you're going to put that blueprint in, the blueprint has three runs available, and you're going to run all three runs at the same time, okay? And I think that's an ME3. Yeah, that's an ME3. And then if you look at the material summary now, we'll turn these back off, you still need three Armageddons, and you need, let's see, where's one that makes it easy? That one's all the same. Well, you need 4,510 linear shield emitters. So that would be 1,503.3 per ship. But you know... That's not realistic, right? Because no, none of them are going to have a third. So if you go back and you click on this blueprint and you go back down to one, let's see how many it takes to build one. 
So it takes 1,504. So that means to build three, you should need 4,512, right? But if you go back here and you move it to three, and then we click on the summary, you only need 4,510. So you save two by building all three ships at the same time. Now, that's pretty minor. You know, it's 4,500 ISK per, or no, that's volume. Price is on the next one. But all that stuff adds up over time, right? So now we'll go to prices, and now we're down to 894. Remember, this one was at 901, right? So now we're down to 894 to build. So that saved us 7 million per ship to build three at a time. Just by running all three runs in one shot. Correct. Because the Correct. system, when you put the job in, is when it takes and calculates how much, you know, what you got to pay basically in material. Right. The ME is applied to the entire job, not just the one job. So if one job. Yeah. So yeah, if the, you did a single job, it wants that extra one. Right. The math gets kind of intensive, but basically the percentage that you can take off a larger chunk, you get more granular on how much you can take off. So it actually allows you to take off a little bit more than you can on smaller jobs. Well, now, and like, I guess a lot of that is the uh, what you were talking about earlier with the, you know, it was 15 and a third of X that it needed or 1500 right. and a third. If you're running a single job, that one third of an item rounds up always. Correct. Correct. Yeah. And we call those breakpoints. There are certain breakpoints when you build that there's a couple times where those items go down to the next number. And when you're building capitals, that can be, you know, 40, 50, 60 million savings. So the, the, the savings from adding in runs and stuff adds up quickly that way. So now we're going to go to the other website and try and do the same thing and see what it tells us. So we'll go back to Eve Cookbook and we're going to turn off the reactions calculations so we get the same number. We'll start with a quantity of three and our runs are going to be three as well. So now we're going to calculate. And it, remember this one was 896, I think it was. The other one was 901. Now it says 890.9. So basically 891 million. If we look at the lazy blacksmith and get back to here, it says 895 million. So now they're only off by 4 million before they were off by 5 million. So they're getting closer and closer. And, and the last little bit, you know, when you're talking about this much, that little bit doesn't matter. Right. It's 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 minor. But that's how close that these websites get. I'm just looking across. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm looking yeah. across that because I find that rather, rather fascinating on, you know, and, and your decryptor that you were using earlier. There's some of the older decryptors that may give you more runs, but lower MEs. So you got to kind of balance what you want to do and your style on those. And also their invention chance. The decryptors affect your invention chance. So to give you an idea, let me go back to the decryptor page. This decryptor, the augmentation or the optimized augmentation that gives you eight or 10 runs, the old 10 run one gave you a 0% ME. 
So that was kind of bad. The new one only gives you eight, but it gives you a 4% ME. The invention chance is pretty bad. But when you're building something like stealth bombers, where the difference between ME0 and ME4 is very, very minimal because they take very few parts to build, being able to build faster with more runs is actually a bigger benefit than the ME bonus. So it's it's it kind of gets really iffy there. And that, there's no way I could tell you what's the best for you. It, it just, it is what it is. And you, you have to decide. And also it matters on what you can buy the decryptors for. Some of the decryptors are real expensive. Some of them are fairly cheap. And some you just can't get as many as you want. Okay. Yeah. So now I'm going to switch over to Ravworks real quick and kind of show you, let's see, production planner, delete that. So now we're talking about a redeemer. One run, we'll go with a material efficiency at three, add the job, and submit. So let's see. He comes up with... Looks like just over a billion. Here's parts. Okay, yeah, so here's all his produced parts that he has to build to get there. This is, this is starting from, from raw materials and going up from there. Oh, you know what? This is why it's so bad. Okay, so we'll, let's see, let's start off right here. We'll start with a Redeemer Optimized Attainment. No, I don't know how that works. And that's going to give an ME of three also. Uh, I think I'll have to put this in as an Armageddon. Yeah, I'm not sure how that works. He'll have to explain that to you. I don't use this this website very often, but the configuration here, I did not set up the configuration, which is what, one of the things that's actually quite good um, and we can talk about. Now, this Ravworks giving the one billion for, let's get back to just a plain redeemer, and we'll go back and change the others. So let's see, material efficiency of three, and submit. Oh, I didn't add the job. Redeemer, sorry. Add job, now submit. Okay, it's just so good it, to see that I, I do the same thing quite often when I'm doing this. Uh, so. Yeah. Okay, so this gives $1.08 billion in order to build this. But if you look, the default is perimeter and it gives no structure bonuses, right? It just, it's absolutely just nothing. So if you go back to- On your configurations and had it and what well, you're no. using what, LXQ? And oh, yeah, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna go back here and go to a station and we're going to go perimeter we'll just go back to one run one run and now hit the prices and we're at a little over a billion so we're not that far we're not that far off he he included some sales tax in there that could be part of it but we're not that far off from where they were at before Right. They're all within a reasonable margin of error from right. what I'm looking at right now. Exactly. Exactly. Now, this is where it could get 
Yeah, so now if you build parts, it's slightly cheaper than if you didn't. But even if you just went and bought all the parts in Jita and built in perimeter, you can still make over a hundred million per redeemer. Redeemers don't have a lot of volume. So if you build a hundred of them, it may take you six months to sell them all. But that's part of knowing what to build, where to build, that kind of stuff. But there are things out there that you can build in high sec and 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 still make decent ISCAT. And this, you wouldn't even have to have any blueprints other than the Armageddon because all you would do is make copies and invent and just build the redeemers and buy all the parts for the most part. And, and, and you're done, right? Let's see. And then the other, the last website I want to look at is Fuzzy. Oh, that's a Munich. Hold up. Yeah. Okay. So here's Which one did you say? Fuzzworks? Fuzzworks. I'm just clicking these real quick. Okay. So he has it. Let's see. Engineering complex. Null sec, extra large, T1 rigs, blueprints, update. Now, he, I'm not sure where he gets his numbers from, but his numbers are quite higher. He has it costing $1.05 billion to build if you buy all the parts. And then the install price and stuff. But even so, even that at a profit is $129 million ISK profit. And it gives you a profit of ISK per hour, roughly, if you just build the ship. Now, the way that his works, these little M's next to the item, if you click on the M, now this is this particular program is good if you're only going to build certain items. Like if you're going to buy the Armageddon pre-built, but you're going to build the rest of the items, like the fusion thrusters and all the Tech 2 items, you can just click materials for those, and then it assumes you're going to buy the Armageddon. Then you go down here to material for materials, and it lists all your blueprints, gives you a chance to check them for ME and TE, and if they're in null sec or something like that, you can change that and add the rigs in there or not. But then you go down here, and it shows you each one. So for your antimatter any reactor units, you need these items, how much you need, that kind of stuff. And it goes on through the list of what all you need for everything. But it gives you the total materials list, which I th think if for this one, the way you have to do it is you have to like highlight it. And then, yeah, you have to like this and then copy and paste to get it into a listing and that's how that you can keep track of it okay so on the the m material you click that if you want to add it correct if you're going to build it right okay that's what i meant to say yep right so if you mouse over see how it says toggle making yourself if i toggle nano electrical processors again off they disappear from this list and if you go back up now it has you just straight buying them from Jita, right? And if you toggle them again, the amount you need and the run and everything is all gone. It still kind of gives you a price, but if you look, it says it's 228 million. But if you click and you buy them, it's 221 million. So this would be 
kind of a way, they're about the same price. If you toggle the other ones, so like these to buy them is 24 million, but if you click on this to build them is only 14 million. So building those, you make an extra 10 million. The capital jump drives, they cost 91 million to build. And if you buy them, it's only 85 million to buy them. So you're probably better off to buy those than worry about building them, especially with all the inputs that, that they take to build. So that's one good thing about this program is it allows you to quickly toggle and see what's cheaper to build or to buy. So the whole idea that we started with this is the four main programs, kind of their differences, how they're similar, but how they're not similar, and kind of the unique, the unique features that each one kind of offers. I like that. Yeah, yeah. Each one of them, depending on what you're building and where, and your own preference of how you like to look at data, the, any one of these four is going to help you out. That's for sure. Right. And I have been putting the links to them in the chat as we go through. Okay, perfect. The one thing that we just talked about, the, the armor plates right here, if you look, it costs you $208 million to build them. But look what happens if you buy them, $158 million. You save $50 million ISK by buying those instead of building them yourself. That's how much profit that there is in the, the reactions as opposed to the T2 market. All right. I think that was kind of everything. The, the only other thing that where it really gets kind of dicey is when you get into caps. And I don't know that we really want to get into that on this because the people building those are probably, I, I'd start using words that, that would a lot of people would, what's he talking about there, George? <laughs> well, you know, the, the only ones that probably matter the most is the system index, you know, if that's fairly high, that can affect your profit margin significantly. And station taxes, you just got to look at where you're building, what they're charging. Right. And that's, you know, subcaps, that still applies too. And, and it changes it quite a bit. You know, just building the parts yourself added almost $20 million to the install cost, but you save so much on doing the reactions and stuff yourself, it made it worthwhile. But if you looked at the difference between building the parts and just buying the, the pieces to build the parts, it was basically within a few million on a billion-ish ship. So that's, that's definitely not worth your time. The, only, the other thing is here, when you look back to the Redeemer real quick, hold on, let me change this back to get us back to where we were the LXQ. And this is something that you mentioned as well. We're just going to do the one ship for right now, okay, building it in, in null sec. But this could apply to, to low sec as well. You look at your material summary, it gives you the total volume right here in this column, oh, that column. So if you look, that's 108,000 per redeemer, okay? So if you built once you build it, that redeemer is only fifty thousand cubic meters, right? So it's a little bit more than twice the size 
to take all the parts somewhere. So I think most jump freighters could fit 325,000 cubic meters, somewhere around there. Maybe a Nomad with Jump Freighter 4 or something may not be able to. But for the most part, all of them, if you have Jump Freighter 5 and, and Freighter 5, you should be able to fit three of those into one Jump Freighter. Excuse me, jump it somewhere, build it, and then you would only have 150 to bring back. Or you could jump twice, build six of them, and then you can put six of them in your jump freighter and jump six ships to somewhere else. Now, if you do the raw, let's see how it changes. So now we're building the components themselves, but now it's 175,000. So now to build two ships is 350,000 cubic meters you're going to have a hard time fitting two of those in a nomad even a even a maxed out nomad you you're you're going to be up in you can still only fit two in a jump freighter so that's also what you have to look at because if you're looking at hauling costs if these and then the components are within a couple million of each other and you can haul one extra set of components and build one extra hull for the same amount of ISK in transportation costs. Now you divide that transportation cost among three hulls as opposed to among two hulls. See, yeah, definitely like that. That's, that works out a lot easier for some folks. If, but again, you got to drill down and see what it is I'm doing and what I'm moving. Right. Now, to make it even more crazy, we're going to do it like this real quick. And we're going to look at a Redeemer starting. Now, Eve Cookbook is the only one that will take it down this far. But if you look at buying all the raw moon goo and everything, then you're looking. Oh, wait, hold on. I think you got three quantity yeah. up there. Yeah, we'll go back to one here. That way we don't have to do math because I really don't feel like doing math right now. Let's see. Your raw materials are 151,000 cubic meters. So even though you're making an extra 100 million per hull, you can only haul two at a time. So now, before it was a no-brainer, right? The materials cost the same. The components cost the same but I can carry three sets of components or two sets of materials for the same price, that's a no-brainer. You buy the components, right? But now, components versus raw materials, the components I can carry three at a time, raw materials I can only carry two at a time, but I make 100 million ISK more per hull. So now, is it financially viable? And the other thing is that this includes is the liquid ozone and the heavy water, which are quite large, along with the pyrite and tritanium to build not only the Tech One hull, but the fuel blocks for the reaction. So now you can look at it, oh, I live in NullSec or I live in LowSec, I can get the minerals locally or I can get the fuel blocks locally from the guy next door who builds fuel blocks, and I don't have to haul all that stuff. Well, now, 
okay, so now I don't have to haul some of the minerals. I don't have to haul the fuel blocks. Or I can take those minerals and I can buy compressed ore, which takes up 10% of the volume. So now is it worthwhile? Yeah, I'm buying the raw parts and I have to do a little math on my own because there's really no websites that do a good way of, of buying compressed ore. Fuzzworks is probably the best, but that's we're going to have to save that for another show as well, of putting in the, the minerals you need and pressing a button and get what pressed ore that you can use. And then you're looking at instead of probably almost 100 million, in, no, well over 120 million cubic meters or 120,000, sorry, cubic meters of minerals, if you can reduce that down to 10 or 12,000, and then the rest is only the 30 or 40, now you're talking to where you might be able to buy all the raw stuff and get it to 50 or 60,000, and then you can put six of them in a jump freighter, six in a jump freighter on the way back, and you're still going to end up saving ultimately 70 or 80 million a hull building them. So you're making 70 or 80 million more a profit. You're hauling twice as many raw, twice as many built in a jump freighter. So your, your hauling costs are half. Your upfront expenses are less. And you're making more profit per hull. But again, that is... So many factors go into that. Like you said, where you're building, what you're building in, how much tax you're paying there. And you have to put all that into the spreadsheet yourself and kind of figure that out because there's no way that either one of us could sit there and do it. We can kind of show you what we have to deal with, but that's only realistic for Nick or I, not realistic for your particular situation. And not only that, it's the, you know, the other factor that we've, I think completely overlooked. How much playtime do you have? You know, you know. If you got to get, if you're going to build, like in my case, I'm going to throw in ten Mackinaws. That isn't going to take me very long. For you to get, you know, if someone wants to order a hundred redeemers from you, that's a hell of a lot different than what I'm building. So, how much time you've got to devote to it is part of your calculation. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, that's where that that's where that buying the parts, the the components already finished versus that one extra step. There's only a couple million is difference in price there. That's an absolute no-brainer and you just pay a little bit more in hauling for that and it, and you're done. And like you said, if you have the time to do all the raws, you have access to something to do the reactions in. You can get the fuel blocks there, that kind of stuff. Then you can really start making the ISK. You know, it, it, it adds up. 50 or 60, 70 million more per haul. If you make 10 hauls a month, that's, what did I say, 10 hauls a month? Yeah, you're making some ISK. Yeah, that's that's almost a billion ISK, right? That adds up. If you're making 100 hauls a month, that's, you know, 7 billion. So it's it's, again, we can't, go over your specific thing but these are factors that you need to look at and they they matter significantly when you're trying to build this stuff now another difference is 
and looking at different play styles. Like in your case, you're supporting a really large organization. So a lot of your build, and correct me if I'm wrong, if suddenly, you know, someone else is letting you know, we want to build, we need a bunch of these due to X or Y factor, what's going on with the Alliance as a whole. In my case, at the other end of the spectrum, it's what does Nick want to build right now? What, what's kind of fun for me? You know, and a lot of us smaller builders, we like to build what we use the most. So, you know, it, it's kind of who you're who you're supporting. Right. And it may be for for a lot of people out there, they use Mackinac's. Mackinac is a good ship. They use Retrievers or, yeah, I think Retrievers, the tech one version, but what, whatever they use. And, you know, they know they're going to lose some. So they build them and have them standing by ready to go. That way, when they inevitably get blown up, it's not, oh, I got to go all the way to Jita to get another one and all this stuff. They just have one right there. If you have someone new join the Corp or the Alliance, you sell them one, you know, you don't have to make every last isk of profit out of it. Get someone in one as quickly as you can, as cheap as you can. And then they start mining and helping the alliance. So it's it's a it's a double-edged sword there. You may not make the last ounce of isk out of it, but the intangibles that you get from that sale and them using the ship a lot of times outweigh that. Now, if you're taking stuff to Doe Dixie, and you're selling it to Joe Blow from Idaho off the street, then, yeah, let's see how much profit we can make because, you know, we all need to have ISK for this or that or whatever we want to do or buy Plex or whatever. And so ISK is important. You talk about, you know, that, that newer player that just comes into your organization. One of the things we've been doing, which works well but it's lost me a lot of court mates because they move on on their own is when we first get them we may give them that first retriever and you know with recommended fits but we also give them a, a five run blueprint and tell them up front start build you know mine it and build these because the one we just gave you is gonna go away it's gonna die at some point but now they got that bug. It's look, I built this myself. Really? You know, and then then the next question I get is is do you happen to have that strip module, you know, strip mining module blueprint? Yeah, turn them on to that. How did you research that? So you're slowly basically training a builder that's gonna end up leaving me. But it's you know, yeah. it's play style. If that's what they like, great. You know, right. some of them leave like because they're like, I need to go shoot something now. So yeah, about the time they leave, that's when they're wondering, hey, I can do this building thing, but how do I make ISK at it? And and then then once you hit that rabbit hole, you're 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 gonzo. We're just sitting here trying to to help them make hide their hair of that because it it gets crazy quick, especially now that citadels are in the mix and high sec and everywhere else because the index and everything else that goes into it. And we didn't even touch on the index today because I, the way I feel, you can't you can't affect it really. So you just have to account for the cost index and go on, and all the numbers that I gave were after. So you just go on with life and and not worry about it. Just account for it. Change where you want to build, maybe, but it is what it is. 
Well, one of the things you mentioned is is like, and once again, I'm going to use the difference between how you play and how I play and where we play. You probably have a large manufacturing, for lack of a better term, center that might be constellation based. So you can rotate around when you max out one of your indexes in, in one system or another. In my case, on the opposite end of the spectrum, I look for different systems that folks don't normally build at. And you can pull that up in game by pulling up the, you know, pulling up your industry window looking at what does that facility you know can i do an exhumer can i build an exhumer here the bottom right of that screen is going to tell you what that system index is also so you can rotate about you don't have to be married to one location back to the web tools that is one thing that fuzzworks does that is very good if you go to Fuzzworks and go up here to industry tools and select cost index, you can go by region. So say you want to look at, we'll just look at the forge real quick. And it gives all the systems in the forge and you can sort by manufacturing. So JITA has the highest then perimeter, the new Caldari and on down the line. But the other thing that it allows you to do, say, I'm just going to pick Osman. You can say you're in Osman, and that's where you're mining. You can set this number to 1 through 10. So we'll set it to 5 and load. Now what it does is it looks at Osman and picks every system in a 5-jump radius around there. And now you can look at manufacturing. So if you look at Osman, and now, oh, it doesn't, oh, well, Oigenen's low sec. Hold on. Let me, uh, let me reset this just to make sure. Because it should, that should come up orange, I think. <laughs> nope, it still comes up. Okay, so down here, this Oigenen is almost zeros, but that is low sec. So you kind of have to be careful. This BWF, that's null sec there. So, but, oh, there's the security status right there. Okay, yeah, so it does show a negative there, and, and Oigenin's 0.3. Yeah, so if you stick in the 0.5s, this kind of stuff, it gives you an idea of what the manufacturing index is, what the research index is, copying, invention, and all like that. So you can search for a region. And also, we use this when we were at war. Click on Delve right here, and you look at Delve. Okay, uh, this system right here. Oh, yeah, look at that. I bet they're built in Titans there. So that's where you go, and that's where you know the Saudios are, that kind of stuff. Same thing for reactions. Look at the reaction index. This 5DTK. Oh, yeah, a lot of reactions there. And reactions are build jobs. So if you kill that structure, anything in build, all the materials drop. That's a that's a pinata right there, right? So that's we use this tool quite a bit in the in the last war, and I mean, and everybody uses it. You look right now in pure blind and see what's going on there. There's probably not a whole lot of building going on. There's a little bit there in FTAC N. 
I think that was where Brave just said publicly they were pulling back to there. But, you know, you look, there's not much other manufacturing going on. It's pretty much all zeros. This point one is, is just the floor that's built in. So most of every system is zero. And there's only a few systems where industries even happen. But if you want to go after the industrial backbone of someone that you're fighting, this is a way to look at that as well. But the flip side is, hey, if you want to build something and the, the system is safe enough, pick one of these systems where there isn't any anything going on, and then you can build there and you don't have to worry about the index. Now, is it is it going to show a system if there's no manufacturing facilities there? Yes, because there is no system that you cannot add a manufacturing facility to now. Right, yeah, because you can go plop one down yourself if right. you needed to. Jita is the only place you can't put a Citadel, but there are places to build in Jita. So if there's other systems, yeah, I don't think there's any other system you can't put a Citadel in. And in the old days, before the Citadels, you could still put a POS down. So it still, it still worked either way there. All right, I think that's about it. Let's see, is there any other questions? For the folks, for the folks uh, in chat, if you've got any questions, you know, before we wrap up, go ahead and get them in the chat. So far, there hasn't been hardly any, because I know we've it's been a lot of a how-to. You know, how do you look at it? How do you figure out what the numbers I need are, and you know, based on my my blueprint. Monday at two in the afternoon Eastern Standard Time isn't necessarily the the hot spot for Eve industry activity either. We're we're mainly doing this for the posterity or whatever the re rehosting that kind of stuff. But Nick and I are both available on on Talking in Stations Discord, and there's an industry section there. So feel free to ask us about anything on this or the, or the last segment. And we still do plan on doing more. And we'll get into a little bit more of the actual parts, how to build the parts, the reactions, and that kind of stuff as we go down. This is just basically, first one was an overview of how industry went. This one was more a look at the tools, because I get questions about that much more than anything else. And then we can actually start looking at the nitty-gritty of building, which I have to figure out how to do... Like, I have to start blacking out stuff on my screen when we start doing that. So, uh, for some of the smaller stuff, we'll just use one of mine. And, oh, okay. Yeah, uh, we yeah, can do that. Because yeah. if someone wants to know where I'm building the Hulk in HiSec, they're more than welcome to have a look. Oh, yeah. But so I, I've got to figure out how to do that a little more, whatever. I don't know what the word for it. But, but short of that, I don't know if there's any other things you want to talk about here, Nick. No, I'm just checking out the chat, see if there's any way. Okay, it says, in the Indie Windy, any way to get that hidden so you only see if you mouse over more visible? Oh, probably what I think that might be referring to is when you hover over a particular station and it pops up the, you know, basically what you got bonuses for and what you can build there. So I'm not quite sure what you're asking or if, if that's a persistent window or not. Definitely not a persistent window. And you can scroll that window as well. 
A lot of people don't realize you can scroll it because it only pops up. It basically lists everything for every mouse over. Yeah, unfortunately, that's just the UI. That's the only way you can see it. Yeah, the other, other question was specifically for you. Want to know if you use your own spreadsheets or do you rely solely on the online tools? No, I have. I have my own proprietary stuff. And out of everything that I do, even within PL, I do not give my spreadsheet to anybody. Mostly because at this point, it's so bad, I'm almost embarrassed by it. But I mean, that's that's my only advantage, right? So I'll, I'll help you. I'll show you how to do it. And to be honest with you, the online tools now are so good that to build stuff, I use the online tools quite a bit. The spreadsheets help me more with warehousing and price control and a little bit of, I have a very good algorithm and spreadsheet for picking compressed oil. And I do not, that will never leave. Don't, um, you don't share that one. <laughs> nope. And, and I do use Jeeve quite a bit. Jeeve is awesome. I love, oh my God. If Jeeve stopped working, I don't know that I could continue doing what I do. It is that important. Kind of, kind of further on the build your own spreadsheet part. When you're doing volume and a million, or not a million, but I imagine you do quite a few different items, whether they're ships or modules or components. So there's a lot of differences. And that would mean building a ton of different spreadsheets. In my case, where I may be focused, I may build a bunch of T1 chips, but I'm only T2ing about five of them. So building my own personal use spreadsheet for that, for a small builder, is still valuable. It's not as good as some of the tools that are up online, but it's very good for me to wrap my head around the process and the steps. So again, you know, a blend of the two may help you out for where you're at. The online tools nowadays, though, are phenomenal. They are very good, all of them. Rapworks, Heap Cookbook, Lazy Blacksmith, and Fuzzworks are all extremely good and accurate. Now they're accurate. They tell you what you ask them to tell you, which is kind of what we went over here today a little bit. You know, they're all within a couple million of each other. That's that's pretty good considering all the different inputs and and the fact that Eve never stops. But you just have to watch your inputs to make sure that you're putting the correct information in so it knows what to give you for an output. All right, one last look for any new questions. You got about 30 seconds before Kenneth and I are going to head off to our day. Yeah, I'm actually going to pull up Fuzzworks and match it against my Mackinac spreadsheet because I'm curious how good or off I am on some of those items. There you go. Yeah. I mean, and I did that a lot when the, when in 2014, when Creus came out and the cost index and all that stuff, it took me quite a while to get my spreadsheets up to snuff and make sure that I could rely on them. And so I cross-referenced it to quite a bit of the online tools initially and in game 
to to make sure that that worked. Once I was confident in them, then I knew I could rely on them after that. All right. When am I joining Galmill? As soon as I find a group that would accept somebody like me is the answer. Other net, well, hey, pre- go ahead, Ken. Well, Allegiance, excuse me, Allegiance should be out soon. I, I'm not going to say when. But That's going to be, be one of the next two or three Tuesdays. Right. So, so in that in that respect, you don't they don't have to accept you. You can just join, and and there you go. You're there. I, I'm I'm actually looking forward to getting in with a small group of knuckleheads that we can just have some fun with again. Because, you know, not that my mining buddies aren't fun, but about a third of them are already in Faction Warfare on other characters. So, and I'm kind of, I need to shoot something again. It's been a while, man. I'm starting to get, my, my trigger finger's getting itchy. There you go. Just go to Pure Blind. There's plenty of stuff to shoot there. Yeah. All right, everybody. Hey, thanks. This has been obviously CSM 17 member Kenneth Feld on the indie side of the world. Unfortunately, if you didn't know, this is his last run at CSM. He's had three in a row, so he's got to take a break. If you got any questions, comments, complaints, keep the complaints to yourself. Questions and comments, we're both in the Talking in Stations Discord. There's an indie section in there. Give us a shout anytime you'd like. Plates go to Lady Scarlet. Just write up her DMs with the complaints. <laughs> yeah, then she'll come after us. Yeah, <laughs> all right. It's okay. She's in California. I'm on the East Coast. It's all good. <laughs> all right, everybody. Have a good day. Thanks again, Kenneth.